You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter. Hello and welcome to the latest Today's Conveyancer podcast. Uh, Today I'm joined by Eddie Goldsmith, uh, who is uh, amongst lots of other things that I'm no doubt uh, will no doubt get into uh, founder of you convey which is a, a brand new conveyancing service that's just been launched um, Eddie thanks so much for joining the podcast today we've got quite a lot to get through so got a whole load of questions uh, we'll think of some other things as well as we go along I'm, I'm sure okay. but uh, my first question to you is um, you're going to have to tell us about what you convey is all about. Tell us about the new venture. Okay. Well, thanks very much, Dave. It's nice to be on the podcast with you. Um, now, I, I'm a I'm a solicitor, and I'm I've been a conveyancer for 40 years. Still got my practicing certificate. And um, over the course of the last 40 years, I have experienced um, at first hand. The stress that people uh, undertake when they're involved in a conveyancing transaction, it's very rare to speak to anybody and uh, about their conveyancing experience for them to come back and say it was wonderful. They generally say it was very stressful. Uh, they'll never do it again. Bit like childbirth. Um, I, I think that, you know, with the years um, and people move generally every seven to 10 to 15 years now people forget about the experience that they had and so having been in the industry for so long uh, I felt that I could see if I could improve it for the customer Uh, and so I looked at a concept of helping the customer that's why you convey has been launched it is to try and improve the customer's experience by working with the customer and with their conveyancer it sounds like uh, almost a no-brainer, Eddie. I think uh, before we started to record, we were sort of talking about the fact that, uh, you know, perhaps conveyances are, are are doing some of this already. But it, it, it's not. It's simply not the case, is it? You know, the the whole concept here is that you convey is going to take the homeowner by the hand and actually take them through their home move and make them a more active part of their home move. Yeah, absolutely, David. I mean, the reality is that. You know, and I know this from my own experience, every conveyancer will have 100 files on their desk, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100. There's always urgent cases to deal with. And quite frankly, uh, the problem with the legal industry, the conveyancing industry, is we we don't charge enough for the work that we do. Um, that's a, a historical issue with uh, uh, with with lawyers competing against each other but the reality is they don't charge enough and so they don't genuinely have the time to be able to devote enough care and attention to each individual customer so what i'm trying to do is not not take their work off them but effectively take some of the admin side off them so that they can get on with the legal work and the admin side i will deal with with the customer uh, so, for for example, on a sale, uh, I will give access to the customer to all the property TA protocol forms. Uh, they'll be able to complete those online. 
they can do that with a number of different offerings at the moment. That's not unique, but they will be able to directly uh, complete these forms at their own pace. Uh, and so they will be able to then provide their, their conveyancing solicitor on the sale with a fully completed TA pack with the, all the different forms uh, which the customers then can actually give to the solicitor and the solicitor can say that's great and produce the draft contract. It's all about taking some of the admin side off the solicitor and leaving them to do their job that they trained for. So what, at what point do you anticipate kind of you convey being engaged in the process? Is this while the home buyer is still with the estate agent? Is it the point at which they're instructing a solicitor? Where, where do you sort of sit? Yeah, I mean, uh, we're piloting it at the moment and uh, we've got a number of different estate agents who are happy to send me through uh, a recommendation. Uh, I will speak to that um prospective client, uh, they may be selling, they may be buying, I'll talk to them, I'll go through um, their circumstances, is it freehold, is it leasehold, etc. And then I will talk to them about the services that you convey, we'll be offering them, I'll send them a quote, if they accept the quote, I will then pass it through to one of our panel conveyances for them to deal with. A quote's generated, uh, we're using Minerva platform, uh, the quote is generated, and then if the customer is happy to accept it, they will then be presented with a number of tasks, which include preparing the TA protocol forms. So you sort of see that uh, you've got a, a panel of conveyances that you're already working with that yeah. uh, are going to take the work effectively from you and, 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 and do that conveyance. Yeah, I mean... The, 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 because this is a new service, um, we had to negotiate uh, with a small number of conveyances who I know from my association with um, Conveyancing Association uh, and the industry itself. Uh, it, it's a different way of working. Um, therefore, we had to talk to these conveyances, first of all, and say, are you happy to work with you convey? And that what I've done is I've split the responsibilities. Um, so I've actually mapped out the responsibilities that the conveyancer does, the responsibility that you convey does. Uh, but because it is a new service, a new system, um, I'm I needed to have an arrangement with those firms so that they understood how we were going to work. To me, the mapping out of those processes seems absolutely critical because at the moment, all that happens is the conveyancer gets landed with everything, Eddie. And yeah. Instead, what you're saying is you're going to take away a lot of that admin and actually leave them to simply do the do the conveyance. Yeah, that, that that's that's the whole point of it. Uh, I'm not looking to replace conveyances. Uh, I'm not looking to knock them down in terms of their fees. What I've done with my conveyances is, is say to them, what is your scale rate? Give me your scale fees, whatever they are. I will then effectively adopt those scale fees. Uh, so they're not, they're doing the work for the same amount of money that they would normally charge. I appreciate we're in a pilot scheme at the moment. So once the first few cases are through, I will have a continuing dialogue with those conveyances to say, how's it working for you? 
Um, is it is it better for you? Is it saving you time? Is it is it is it worse for you because we're now involved as well as the estate agent? Um, and let's see how we can change that. It's all a question of a strategic partnership. It's got to work for everybody. It's got to work for the customer, got to work for the conveyancer, and obviously got to work for you convey as well. So it is very much a strategic partnership, which is why. Um, I'm going to work with a small group of conveyances to start with. And once we've established the profile and once the work is coming through, I can then look at capacity, service levels and start to look to expand the panel. You mentioned fees there, Eddie, which uh, come, comes up on this podcast reasonably regularly as well. Yeah. Um, do you anticipate then that there'll be some sort of referral fee from the estate agent to you convey because that's a thorny issue isn't it well residential fees are a commercial reality um you know we've been discussing this since 2004 i think when referral fees came in um it, it's a commercial reality what's interesting david is that i've of of the estate agents that are willing to trial this uh, some of them don't charge a referral fee at all uh, others charge 100 to 200 pounds. What what actually has been enlightening for me is that these estate agents are absolutely transparent in 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 disclosing the referral fee which they're going to charge. I was actually quite surprised because my practice comes back over the 40 years when <clears throat> estate agents were not as transparent. Uh, and neither were mortgage brokers who I dealt with in a large degree. And there was resistance from uh, introducers in those days uh, to for the for the fee to be disclosed. I think they thought that uh, they would lose their business if they if if the if the customer thought they were pe- uh, charging for it. But my my attitude has always been and still is, they serve a very useful purpose. Um, any introducer that introduces a case, they generally work with the conveyancer to get that case to completion. It may be chasing the client, it may be uh, asking the client for some information, but I, I see that as, a, as an administrative fee for, the, for recompensing them for the work that they do. Now, it's entirely a matter for the introducer, whether they charge a referral fee or not. What's important is that it's disclosed. And not only do these estate agents disclose it themselves, but when I when I generate the quote for you convey, it is clearly set out that they that the introducer in that particular instance is charging a referral fee. The other thing I, I should mention, of course, is whether an introducer for an estate agent in particular charges a hundred pounds or two hundred pounds, it is peanuts in compared to their to the fee that they charge for selling the property if they're charging a percentage the reality is that they want a good service uh, the 100 pounds or 200 pounds is quite honestly neither there or, or, or anywhere it's the service from the conveyances that they're really looking for my sort of view on on the referral stuff is that the agents that want regulation for example yeah, uh, and and typically, you know, those are the sorts of agents that do charge referral fees as well. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, but they're they're good agents. They justify the fee that they're 
asking for. You know, they do the hard yards. Yeah. Um, and they recognize the commercial value of introducing people through the chain. So um, but the law society itself is split on it. I think I think the current standing rule in the law society is that they want it abolished. But, you know, we've been having this debate for nearly 20 years. And um, and, and interestingly enough, David, uh, the Legal Services Board, when they did their uh, review of referral fees some years ago, they found that the that the, that the that the conveyances who charged a referral fee not only were not charging any more than than your local conveyancer, but they were doing equally as good a service. So there's there's no real basis for abolishing customers understand that this is being paid and there is that transparency and disclosure really interestingly from uh, the point of view of of the new venture ready the government's de- leveling up white paper i was going to call it deluxe white paper the government's leveling <laughs> leveling up white paper talks very directly about upfront information and establishing some of that information that you said at the start, uh, you know, potentially tenure, if it is a leasehold, what what length of uh, lease is left. That feels like a step in the right direction, not just for you convey, but for the uh, for the conveyancing sector. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure there's any any strong argument anymore for not disclosing upfront information. It seems to be a discussion now, not on whether we should or whether we shouldn't, but what sh- what is the extent of the disclosure? I, I don't think anybody's going to argue that y- y- you're better to to provide a, a potential customer with the material information up front. I mean, we've had the consumer protection regulations for many years now, and that's what it says. Uh, so I think the more upfront information that can be provided, the more informed a potential buyer is going to be, and the less of an abortive transaction rate we're going to have. I think the question is, who's going to provide that to what extent should it be provided? How wide should it be? And if there's any costs involved, who's going to meet those costs? You've taken the words right out of my mouth. Whose <laughs> responsibility is it, Eddie? Is it the estate agents? Is it the solicitors? Is it a private enterprise like yourself? Well, if you go around the market, and, and I've spoken to lots of uh, introducers of work as a result of putting this project together, there are some estate agents who are providing this information up front. They, they offer uh, the, the customer access to the TA transaction forms to complete. They will offer the customer electronic identity more than the cursory identification that, that, that other estate agents are, are, are offering at the moment. Uh, so they will offer all this information up front. Th- there's no reason why they shouldn't, because it's not really a legal task to do. Anybody can get a, 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 an account with land registry and get office copy entries, titled copy documentation. So I think it's difficult to try and argue that it should be the reserve of regulated conveyances. I think what we have to do as an industry uh, is to say uh, we are best placed to offer this upfront information uh, because we are conveyances. We are best placed to 
inst to be involved from the start because we can help you in your journey. We need to um, put ourselves in in this in in the ring and fight uh, to be able to offer this upfront information. I think a lot of conveyances would would accept a lot of what you're saying, Eddie. But go back to the point that we were saying before. Everything seems to land at the conveyances door here. This is almost another something else for them to sort of feel as though that they are they're responsible for mm. well they don't have to do it david you know i mean there's lots of conveyances out there that um that that are in a very happy position that they're, they're they're at high street they get their instructions from their local estate agent or the local mortgage broker they see the clients they they they, they provide a very good service um, and they they just do conveyancing in the way that they've always done it. I, I have no problem with that. Um, that's their model and that's the way they deal with it. What I'm trying to do is look at how conveyancing is going to be transformed in the future. We've got um, uh, digital property logbooks. Again, I I, I don't. I don't see there's an argument, a strong argument against property logbooks. Uh, I, I see there's a, I see there's an argument as to who should provide them, who should be the custodians of it, and what should they include. But, but the principle, the concept of a blockchain locked file um, of a property which contains all that information, which is not going to change, seems to be eminently sensible. One of the exciting things about you convey is because we don't have any legacy baggage, uh, because we haven't been doing this for years and years, we're able to talk to um, suppliers of property logbooks and say to them, this is something which we think will interest and attract our customers for the future. Let's have a proper discussion about it. Anything which is in the market at the moment, which is going to smooth the way or help customers, I'm up for having a conversation about it. I've got one final question, Eddie, because we, uh, we're sort of heading towards uh, time. Okay. Uh, you, you said that you've spent 40 years in this industry. You've earned your stripes. You were the founder <laughs> of the Conveyancing Association. You've left a very, very successful practice uh, in Liverpool. Um, yeah. Why now? <laughs> why now uh, I feel as if I've got something to give to the industry still I I, 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 I retired from my practice for all the right reasons um, but I but I had I didn't retire from the industry I, I was chair of the convention association for 12 years you know during my during my chairmanship, we we uh, we relaunched it. We took on new members. We created and added to the credibility that it has in the marketplace. I'm still on the executive board as a special advisor um, or senior advisor, depending on how you like to to say it. I, I, I'm still fascinated in in the in conveyancing, and I still think that I've got something to give to the industry, and. I genuinely feel that you convey is going to bring another dimension to the industry and to help customers. And if I if I'm able to leave that as as a legacy before I finally hang up my boots, my conveyancing boots, 
then I'll be very pleased about that, David. And, and if I make a little bit of money on the way, then I'm not going to I'm not going to refuse that either. <laughs> the the conveyancing industry is is all all the better for having you in it. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Fair to say. Thank you. Um, that's time. I, I I cannot thank you enough for joining me on this uh, on this podcast, Eddie Goldsmith. Thank you very much indeed. Um, funny you should mention. Thank you. It's funny you should mention digital logbooks um, because in the not too distant future we have a recording uh, coming uh, about digital logbooks and uh, unique property reference numbers as oh, well yeah. and, and how the two might tie together. So watch yeah. this space. I will do. Thanks, David. Nice to speak to you. Thanks very much indeed, Eddie. You're listening to the Today's Conveyancer podcast, the leading source of information for residential property lawyers in England and Wales. Don't forget to subscribe and sign up to our free newsletter at todaysconveyancer.co.uk. You can also follow us on LinkedIn and Twitter.